Hi, everyone. Uh, so my name is Eve. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Fieldwire, uh, and we're a construction startup based in San Francisco. Uh, I wanted to welcome uh, all of you who are attending this town hall meeting live. Uh, we're still in the midst of the pandemic. However, uh, I think we're past the initial shock and uncertainty. Um, and we're seeing signs that the economy is going to reopen. Um, so Europe, which is a few weeks ahead of the US in the pandemic, is starting to reopen slowly. So the real question that we're going to try to answer today is what should contractors be focusing on uh, to make sure that we're back to full capacity and in the best shape possible post-COVID-19? And so to answer that question today, we've assembled uh, an amazing group of, um, of contractors that I'm going to introduce, starting with uh, James McQuaid, who is the Director of Productivity and Systems at Aerogo Construction. Uh, they're a fit-out and facade contractor based in uh, Belfast, Northern Ireland. They do work everywhere in Europe. Uh, welcome, James. Thanks, Eve. Nice to be here. Uh, we have uh, Dave uh, Bretherton, uh, who's the CEO of Apache Industrial Services. They're an industrial service contractor uh, operating in many states around the U.S. Uh, and they're quartered in uh, Houston, Texas. Dave, it's great to have you here as well. Thank you. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Yeah, it's true. You're, you're ahead of us on the on the time zone. Uh, James being the furthest uh, away in, uh, in Europe. And finally, uh, David Allen, who's the corporate vice president at 40V. So 40V is a nationwide uh, commercial audio video integrator. Uh, David is joining us from uh, Austin, Texas. Uh, thanks for being here, uh, David. Thank you, Eve. Thanks for the invite. Thanks. You're welcome. Uh, so yeah, I mean, we're going to jump right into it. Uh, as usual, I have questions prepared for the first part uh, of the town hall. Uh, and while we're having uh, that discussion, uh, you should feel free to submit additional questions directly on chat. Uh, Justin, who's moderating uh, the, the town hall in the background, will pick up those questions, organize them so that we can cover them uh, in, in a second part. Uh, so we're going to jump right into it. Um, so James, uh, you're, you're, you're in the UK. Uh, you know, maybe uh, introduce Arigal a bit further. Uh, and what would be really interesting is give us a sense of scale for what your typical operation was like before COVID-19 and, and basically how the volume of activity has evolved over the last few weeks. Um, and I think that that should help us understand the situation you're dealing with. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm going to have to correct you just on your opening as well. We're, we're based in the Republic of Ireland, not uh, not Belfast, but uh, we do a lot of work in the UK and broader. Um, so, yeah, just um, in terms of uh, the where we were at mid-March, um, it was the same week as St Patrick's Day, so I remember it clearly. Um, we were we had maybe 1,900 guys on site at that stage, and um, then by the end of March we had about 250. So it was a pretty severe ramp down. Um, and since then, I suppose Ireland has been on complete lockdown due to open up next week for construction. Um, the UK has recently just relaxed its measures. Well, on Sunday past. Um, and the rest of Europe, uh, we're kind of we've just been continuing on at low numbers. Um, so yeah, it's 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 been challenge for us really to keep an eye on all of these different jurisdictions and how they how they have changed and and the latest regulations. Um, but yeah, we're trying to keep it simple really. Um, the, the basics are still the most important. Um, getting the practicalities right on site and working with main contractors to to make sure that everybody's safe, not just themselves. You know. Yeah. What a what has been the 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 main point of um of decision for continuing or stopping work is it coming from the owners is it coming from the general contractors what are you seeing 
Yeah, it's a combination. It, it even sometimes it just comes directly from the government decisions, really. Um, it, it, and just to give you a bit of an idea as well, we have at any one time we have upwards of forty sites uh, live. So we have all of all of the above, really, all of the above to consider. But um, yeah, we really, in terms of remobilizing, it's just really about very very good engagement and communication with the main contractors, but even more so with our own workforce to make sure that we're bringing guys back, they're happy to come back. Um, and a lot of our guys, our workforce is, is pretty dispersed. There, uh, we, those 1900 guys, they're from uh, usually from Eastern Europe, so they will have come during the lockdown to their home country. And it's about really trying to ease them back. And um, But yeah, it's, it's generally general contractors that we're, we're dealing with on the decisions. Okay, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Um, David, maybe a uh, same question for, for Apache um, and, and, and how you've seen the market evolve. I mean, the industrial sector is probably quite different. Are, are you seeing a specific type of job just being halted? Are you continuing as normal? I know Texas is probably less impacted than many states in the US. Uh, yeah, so um, we typically, this time of year, are running around 7,000 employees on about 200 sites, and right now we're at about 4,500 employees, about 120 sites. Uh, so we have had quite a bit of impact. I'd say the impact is more driven on the customer's decision to either halt work or uh, scale back um, the size of crews or the size of the work that's going on uh, on their particular job site. We work mostly in the petrochemical power industries and uh, so although those plants and things still have to keep running they've made decisions to push off maybe repairs or or uh, capital work or or just scale back and so that's kind of what we're faced with but uh, i think it's kind of evened out we're starting to see our head counts and man hours level out and probably we'll start picking up in the next month or so okay good David, uh, you you're headquartered uh, in Texas as well for uh, for Ford AV. Uh, I, I know you operate uh, in, in in many different states. Are are you seeing uh, major disruptions in the work? Is it concentrated in certain states? What are what are you seeing? Uh, it's definitely uh, based on the locale locality. Um, you know, it depends on you know the the city government or the county or the state government as to what is open and what's not. You know, we have probably about 95% of our workers are actually still working on job sites. If uh, there was one point where some job sites got closed down for a little bit and then it opened back up with certain precautions put in place, um, you know, and so um, I think, you know, for instance, we're doing work in, in Seattle, Washington, and we're flying people in, uh, but they have a rule by the governor there that says if you're coming from a state that's not contiguous to the state of washington washington then you have to shelter in place for 14 days or, or quarantine for 14 mm -hmm. days once you get into the state um so that makes it a little bit more difficult to uh, yeah. you know, do things with the crew and everything so we're having to adjust you know for for different things uh that get thrown at us like that but Predominantly, you know, some of our customers were pulling back a little bit, just waiting to see what's going to happen. Um, but we're we're about at 95%, 99% of all of our workforces is actually back on the jobs that we already had on the books. Okay. 
that I mean, volume is really important in the U.S. I think it's one of the the key reasons why the the policy has let construction continue because we we do not have the same kind of like um, safety net as 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 Europe. Uh, James, for example, uh, do you have technical unemployment in in the regions where you are, where some of the the workers are physically on on furlough but paid by the state, or is that is that then the case for for the the projects you have in Europe? Yeah, that's very common in, in all of the states we're in. So even just today, the UK have extended their furlough until October, although from August it will be sort of uh, subsidised by the employers. It'll be like part-time working, I suppose. Um, so yeah, it's it's right across the board. Um, thankfully, every state that we're working in has sort of applied that, applied those schemes or brought those schemes. So it's been it's been pretty good performance in that respect by by the different governments. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing uh, uh, France, uh, which is my 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 home country, uh, is was reopening this Monday. They went on a really strict shutdown, but once again, uh, uh, because of the social safety net and technical unemployment, the burden on on companies hasn't been uh, quite as heavy, uh, because once again, they've been able to uh, to shut down without massive direct consequences on 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 their employees. Um, so let's talk about. I mean, we've we've covered it extensively. I think the the, the safety side on past like town town halls on on what it means to 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 continue uh, operation in a, in, a, in a slightly safe manner. What I would be interested in covering is um, have you all adapted on on the customer side? Meaning, is there a type of project uh, that you've decided to focus on as a way to keep the the the, the business running uh, and and um, and basically uh, keep the, the, the crews employed. So, uh, David, I think it looks like Apache is already proposing what I would call uh, I would call post-COVID-19 services. Um, you know, whether it's like uh, integrated solution with filtration systems and uh, and UV lights to just clean the air, maybe temperature sensors to reopen factories and and, and such. Um, that's I think a lot of agility for a company of, of your size. Can you tell us maybe a bit more about that? Well, uh, when this kind of first hit the U.S., um, a lot of our customers were very concerned about what our workforce was going to be able to do and still meet social distancing, be responsible. Um, and I think uh, that kind of led us to action, which was really uh, at first just focusing on giving our workers guidelines on on what to do on different scenarios. For example, if if you felt sick or you were exposed to somebody who was sick or exposed to somebody who was exposed to somebody. And it really kind of gave guidelines to each employee about what to do in those scenarios, what their manager was going to do, what our safety department was going to do. Uh, so that's kind of how we first rolled out, you know, just some guidelines to give to our employees. But uh, we quickly realized that PPE and sanitary supply or sanitation supplies were going to be very critical. Uh, so mm -hmm. we had to jump on that. So I think a lot of that's kind of loosened up now. So it, it's definitely helping that we're able to get uh, hand soap, hand sanitizers, and those kind of things out to our employees. Um, we also, uh, a lot of our customers, once they saw that we had these supplies and that we had these actionable plans, asked us to adopt those for our, their customers. And then that kind of led us into some other technologies like mass temperature scanning, which uh, we just happen to be in the kind of the business where we use cameras, FLIR cameras anyway. So we were able to tie some of those into mass temperature scanning. 
And then we developed, we tried to buy UVC lights from various suppliers, but we just couldn't, they were just all on back order. Okay. So we ended up making our own designs and then we started using those for our own offices and for our work sites. But then when our customers started seeing them, they wanted them too, so we started selling them. So we're not only using it, the original idea was really just to protect our workers in the work site, but once people realized we had those services, uh, we started selling them directly. That's a that's a, that's a really cool story for for those of in the audience who don't know the uh, the benefit of UV lights is you can use that to filter water or to filter uh, air. It just kills pretty much anything uh, when the UV lights are strong enough uh, in it. That's a that's a very uh, that's a very interesting story. Uh, um, David uh, at, at at Ford AV, have you seen a, a type of project uh, pickup that would be I, I don't know maybe healthcare related? I, I know like there were a lot of uh, a uh, lot of uh, uh, retrofit uh, projects on 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 super fast track healthcare facilities. Is that is that something that you've seen pick up in your inventory, or or have you seen another type of projects you focused on? Well, when this first started, we had a lot of calls about webcams. <laughs> Just okay. you know, people because of all the people working from home. You know, do you have webcam? <laughs> do you have you know? all the devices and things you need to to be able to do that and and uh, we were able to to help out quite a few customers that way now we're getting a lot of calls and and we've you know done a lot of education uh, on ourselves with ourselves is uh, about the temperature sensing cameras um, whether it be you know one-on-one -on -one type of units like the FLIR units or a kiosk you walk up to um, or even the the multi um, person type temperature sensing uh, cameras. Yep. Um, you know, it's going to depend on what the customer is trying to do and what they want, what protocols they have, what's their workflow, how do people enter the office and and, and to, to figure out what's going to be the proper solution uh, for them. Um, but that is a big uh, push right now. Um, uh, a lot of people asking questions about it and, and seeing what their options are. Yeah, I mean, uh... I think as a as an audio video contractor, you're at the you're at the core of that that remote work expansion or a building. I agree those those integrated uh, uh, temperature sensing uh, systems for uh, for helping offices reopen. Uh, that's that that makes a ton of sense. Um, how how quickly are you able to reorganize on on those subjects? I mean, obviously, you're, you're taking a market that maybe wasn't a focus, and and you start. Uh, just proposing an offering, looking at the maybe the technical complexity of it, like the the supply chain. How how fast are you able to to adjust uh, to markets like that? Um, pretty fast, actually. You know, we have you know, depending on the the type of technology that we're dealing with, we have such subject matter experts within our company, and we rely on them to bring things to the forefront that that uh, satisfy a need or a, a want, you know, that a customer may have. And uh, we have a healthcare um, uh, sales engineer um, in our in our company, and he brought to us I think it was two weeks ago, saying, "Here's what's going to with what's coming. You know, this is going to be a huge demand, and we've already actually fulfilled orders, and that was just two weeks ago. And so, um, you know, we're actually producing a, a webinar, educating our customers and public uh, in a couple of weeks about it as well." You know, so we're we're pretty nimble in that regard. You know, especially when it comes to giving the customers what they need and what they want, so they have a great experience. Uh, we're very nimble at that. Now, 
when it comes to our own policies and making adjustments, you know, that deal with us, we may or not so nimble, but when it comes to our customers, we're very nimble, you know. Okay. I mean, that's, those are, those are two, uh, two, two amazing stories uh, of, of how it came about and how quickly you guys are able to adjust uh, such large organizations. James, uh, are you seeing a type of, of project pickup? Are you, are you adjusting the, the, the market focus at all uh, for, for the projects you do? Yeah, well, a lot of our projects are sort of long-term projects. So yeah, we've already had secured them and we're already still going, we're going back to the same projects we were on before. So they'll essentially end up being less people on site, just probably pushed out the duration. But um, in terms of what we're doing to try and help uh, ramp that back up, um, I suppose we, we have been partnering with a, a startup, a London-based startup who are focused on artificial intelligence and smart uh, hard hats, essentially. So um what the benefit of those uh, that, that technology i suppose it can track the indoor location of a person up to plus or minus 20 centimeters accuracy so you know okay. which, which apartment which room they're in but it can also detect activity so be that walking talking screwing metal whatever it might be but it uh, obviously it can pick up coughing as well so we're using that now we're just uh, we're finishing off the trial phase and we've proven that it works for the social distancing aspect so we're, mm -hmm. we're using that to we're, we're hopefully that we're Going to pitch, pitch that to our, our our customers that we can try and use that on all of our sites really, um, but I suppose that's only going to be limited. It's in it, it, its effectiveness. It would be far more effective if, if everybody on, on each side wore something like that because yeah. then the more reality ramp up. There's no point in, point in us managing our guys and then them going down to a communal area that's just not controlled on the same site. You know, so it needs to be uh, a joined up approach really. Yeah, actually, interestingly enough. Um, you talk about the dynamic of of the goal is not to be the safest uh, contractor on the side if the other if the other trades are not because uh, you know it's how, how does that dynamic works uh, on on site is there like strict decorrelation of of contractors by space or how how are you approaching it? Yeah, well, there's a combination of practical measures and technological measures. Um, some some main contractors are enforcing you know temperature screening like the guys have mentioned there and um, which is useful but at the same time you know you would hope that you would expect that people wouldn't go to work if they had a fever in the first place you know so um, yeah on the practical side it's more about um staggering start times end times um one-way traffic one-way systems uh, even lunch breaks that they're staggered and, and even many people bring their lunch to the workplace with them and it's, if it's a multi-story building instead of all coming back down to the to the canteen so there's lots of practical measures there that we're we're, we're working with every main contractor to try and make sure that they're they're appropriate for each of the different sites and um, every site is different that's the way we see it so we have to take every site in its own merits and make sure that it's the appropriate setup you know yeah i mean actually that's a that's a good transition to um to the question of what's what's been mo most practical i mean you mentioned it uh you know staggering crews staggering lunches staggering arrival uh separating people in elevators things like that uh, uh, David at, uh, at Apache, uh, some some of your sites have have to be uh, extremely large operations. Like, what what have you seen as uh, basically the most practical measures uh, that were fast to deploy, adopted broadly by the by the employees, and 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 reasonably uh, are expected to be effective? Well, absolutely. Start staggering work times, staggering lunch uh, lunch times. That, that's one of the first things we did as well. Is uh, but uh, really working with our customer on how we schedule our work um, was very critical. 
you know, we work alongside a lot of other, a lot of other contractors. And so we had to, you know, make sure with our customer that our employees uh, weren't walking onto a situation where another contractor might be uh, not following good guidelines. And mm -hmm. so we really had to work with the customer to ensure that, uh, for example, if we're insulating something that the, uh, the, either the painter or maybe the mechanical guys or the instrumentation guys, uh, there are other contractors. And so they're out of, out of the site before we come on. So mm -hmm. it's, it's just been a matter of scheduling which has really reduced the the head count at a lot of sites. So it, typically we might have two or 300 people on a site. We might only have 100, 150 because yeah. we just can't put too many people on the same task. So mm -hmm. it's really just a matter of figuring out ways to help the guys do their job without being, you know, staying social distancing, you know, keeping apart. So it's been a challenge. Um, you know, you think you've got a great idea and then you find out it doesn't work and it's just constantly revamping and reworking it to try and just figure out the best way to do it. The real trick is to get your employees to buy into it. If they yeah. don't believe in the situation, if they don't believe that it's important, then they're not going to do it. And and that's been, I think, been pretty good. I think people are getting the message and they got it pretty quickly. So a lot of our folks will say, hey, we're in a situation where it's going to be hard to social distance and we'll go in and try and figure it out. But it really relies for us. We have to rely on our employees buying into it and, and, and bringing it to our attention. Between those social distancing measures uh, and the fact that uh, there are a, a little fewer people on site, how are you seeing the, the, the productivity of those sites uh, evolve on a on a per headcount basis are you seeing site operate more efficiently right now less efficiently what what are you seeing definitely more efficiently um i tell you that um the efficiencies we're seeing right now are as good as i've ever seen them probably better than i've ever seen them uh safety incidents are, are way down i think that the, the less congested sites seem to be operating at a higher efficiency and le and more safe so uh, there's certainly some silver linings to this. Um, um, you know, I'm not sure I'd want to be in this kind of situation forever, but there's definitely yeah. been some upside. That, that's fair. David, uh, at Ford AV, what, what's your take on that, on that very subject of, of safety and productivity right now? Well, we have a new definition of PPE, uh, for sure, you know, uh, with regards to face masks or or facial coverings and, and, and things yeah. of that nature, gloves, obviously. But um, and the question is going to be: Is that going to remain forever? Um, I do know that you know. Speaking of what David was saying about efficiency, if situations like this forces you to think differently, because you want to be as productive as you were, if not more, before mm -hmm. this happened, and so you have to think a little bit differently. And out of that arises better ways to attack issues and execute issues and you realize it becomes even more efficient um, you know so like i said we can we can hold over a lot of the things that we've uh, you know come up with um yep. you know so it, it's a very it, problems always turn into uh, something good because <laughs> you learn so that that actually leads me to uh to my next questions i mean so uh all 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 three of you are 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 uh, very sophisticated users of, of Fieldwire, and and when I ask, like, has has Fieldwire helped uh, in in that transition? All of you answered with a similar question: is we haven't changed how we work, 
uh, from pre to 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 mid COVID nineteen, which makes me think that all of you were were pretty uh, like digital uh, digitally enabled companies already. But where where do you see uh, have you seen just tech being an important part of of uh, how well you've been able to respond, or do you think you were already at, at a point where that transition has been fairly smooth? Uh, maybe James, you want to start on that one? Yeah, so I suppose just to touch on echo David's point from Apache that yeah, productivity is probably pretty good right now. But that comes from from our point of view anyway, with uh, the way we use Fieldware is to look ahead to get into pretty pretty good detail on the upcoming work, say in the next two weeks worth of work, and understand mm -hmm. is that work actually ready and have all of the decks been being done to make sure that we can send guys there with that with that issue. So there's been a real um, focus on that aspect, really. David, uh, how, how are you thinking about about uh, about Apache? I mean, uh, on on the site size of sites you're dealing with, I mean, I think the first in-person management style is 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 fairly dominant still. Um, do you do you see like the the uses evolve uh, with with tech? Uh, do you see anything changing? So. Um... I'm starting. You are starting to see some technology. I mean, we had some job walkdowns we did last week that we actually did them virtually. So some guy's carrying his uh, cell phone around with a camera on, uh, showing the site conditions and, and what the job scope looked like. Well, that was a first for me. Uh, so yeah, some some technologies are starting to appear just to keep people, you know, away from the job site and away from the the other workers and other people who might be bidding the work. That makes sense. Um, David, uh, at, at, at for David, you think there is any any long-lasting change that's likely to come from uh, from the current situation? Um, I know I've, from my personal experience, I was in a. Uh, I've always we've had a, as a, as a small startup like a, a very much of an in-person culture. We're discovering that there are some benefits to to working remote. I'm not sure if if you're seeing some of that at a uh, at for David. Yeah, about 90% of our uh, office personnel are working from home uh, right now. And, you know, before that, we liked everybody to be in the office. You know, we felt that provided more of a collaboration type of an atmosphere. Mm -hmm. um, but we're actually seeing that it can work <laughs> with people not in the office. Um, you know, the one thing that's really interesting is that we were kind of in a transition of Microsoft Teams uh, moving from Skype for Business to Microsoft Teams before this started. Okay. And it was a, it was kind of a slow transition, but it kind of this incident or made us kind of ramp it up a lot faster. Um, and so the adoption of MS Teams has become a much faster yeah. than it would have been had this not come into place. So, you know, being able to use technology like that um, we use it also on our job sites in the sense that every day we have a toolbox talk with our crews uh, at each job site, and that's done over MS Teams. So we have the project manager who's in office or at home now, and mm -hmm. the guy is on the job site, and they're communicating about you know any concerns they have, any safety issues they have, or anything like that on a daily basis. And that's all done through technology, which we wouldn't have been able to do a number of years ago. Um, you know, we we look at technology. I mean, that's we are a technology company, so we're always looking for that to be a solution um, in in a lot of things that we do. Um, when it comes to our scheduling, and one thing that allows us to be nimble 
is that you know we have a long a large backlog and so we're looking at least six weeks out and scheduling our manpower um, and then seeing if we could even pull some customers up early like we have for the last eight mm -hmm. weeks pull them up early to see if we can get some projects done but we can see all that because of our scheduling software that we have and okay. then being able to look at uh, job sites um, you know when we're not able to do something on the job site we look in fieldwire at all the tasks in order to complete that job and identify all the things that can be done in mm -hmm. shop you know so if we're not allowed on the job site or we use the technology to make us more efficient and i think it's worked flawlessly uh during this time yeah uh i mean i think any company that had started the, their transition um prior to this has seen a huge acceleration i mean i can just talk from our, our personal experience um we have like a three office operation because we have the main office in san francisco we have an office in scottsdale which is a bit smaller uh, and an outpost in Paris, uh, which is our European office. Uh, so we had started to do uh, a lot more online things, like the company All Hands, etc. Uh, but overnight, 100% of the head kind of field wire started working remote. Uh, so we had to get really good at it really quick. Um, it's been surprisingly good. Um, you know, very often running an experiment at that scale feels costly, but we didn't have the choice. So I guess we did it, and it, it's been uh, it's been interesting. Um, good. I think uh, that's um, that's it for the first part of the of the um, of the of the panel. Uh, I'm going to start looking at uh, audience questions, um, and so uh, they're not going to be uh, quite as directed. So I, I think each of you should feel free to uh, uh, to take a take a run at them. Um, so the first question is. Um, what specific indications are you seeing in your respective markets uh, that make you believe uh, that activity will will pick back up, uh, you know, uh, in in the in the near future. Whether it's in the next few months, uh, you know, is it more more uh, RFQs, like just client telling you, uh, what what are you seeing there? Um, maybe James, if you want to start, we're gonna go. We're gonna start with you. Yeah, well, I suppose in a general sense, uh, the the. The official end dates of, of a lot of the projects haven't actually moved, so um, that puts pressure on everybody involved. So I, I think everybody is trying to get these projects ramping up as safely as possible um, and, and still achieve, you know, the end date in, in a lot of cases. Um, now I, I can't see how a lot of these projects won't overall miss their end date. There will have mm -hmm. to be some sort of uh, common sense approach to that, but uh, there still is that appetite to try and ramp back up. Uh, we all know that. We won't get up to the same levels of manpower on site, but I, I, I think personally, I believe that we can still get the same amount of work done with less guys, you know. Uh, and that's where honing in on things that Dave, both Davis have talked about there on, on making sure that we're looking ahead, planning ahead, they're absolutely critical. Um, so it's, it's more within our own gift, and our, I think every, everybody has the appetite to get back doing the work. We all want our guys to be earning earning money and, and earning a wage and feeding their families. So you know, it's, it's in everybody's interest. It's not just yeah. you know, making track or governments or anything, you know? I mean, Europe feels like a policy-driven market, basically states letting their economy reopen. Do you think you're getting accurate visibility on what's happening there? Yeah, yeah, no, I think, um, like even Germany is a good example where we have, we have a, a fairly large project in, in Frankfurt. We're partnering with uh, DPR on that one. Um, but 
Now that job has never stopped and Germany as a country has managed the COVID situation as well as anybody in the Western world. Um, so I think, you know, we just follow the, we follow the lead of the government in that sense and that, you know, we, we can't really go outside of that. We don't want to go outside of that. We want to make sure that first of all, our guys are comfortable though. That's the, that's the, pr the yeah. primary thing for us is our workforce, making sure that they're comfortable going back, that the right measures are in place and that we then can reliably also get all of the work done that we need to get done. So, um, yeah. David at, at Apache, how are you uh, looking at the situation? What are the early signs of, uh, of the market reopening for you? I think it's just customer interest in um, pricing and, and availability of workforce. So they're starting to ask those questions and that's usually a good indicator that things are going to start coming back. But I, I agree that I don't think it's going to come back to the level it would have been without this, uh, without the virus. I, I think it's going to be it's going to come back, but not fully 100% this year. Uh, so I think it's going to be, I think it, we're also hit by double whammy. I mean, we're also, we also have the oil prices to worry with. That's so for, for us, that's certainly part two of it. So uh, maybe not everybody's in the same boat, but for us, I, I know that we're not going to come, we're not going to have the kind of year, uh, certainly the end of this year that we'd, we, we would hope to, but uh, I'm not sure it's all virus, but. Um, That's fair. Yeah, I don't think our year. I don't think in the petrochemical industry the year is going to be good, even if everything starts to come back to normal. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it was the first time we hit negative prices this year, uh, which is which is I would say unusual and and unsatisfactory for the for the for the vertical. Uh, David, what, how are you looking in uh, when you're thinking about the the audio video uh, uh, integrator market? Well, we're seeing our sales pick up. So, um, and that just means that people are feeling more comfortable moving forward with projects. Mm -hmm. But I think other big driving force is just, you know, people want to get back to work. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And, and so, you know, the, the leaders are really noticing that. And of course, it's affecting the economy. Um, and when people aren't working, the economy is not growing. And so I think that's a really a, a big driving force. And it's just a matter of doing it safely and, you know, doing it uh, so that, you know, that we don't create another spike in, uh, in, in people getting the virus. Yeah, yeah, like reopening the right way so that it just, we don't create another wave of uncertainty, uncertainty in the market uh, that, that, that will kill more businesses. Um, so that would, that would be bad. Um, really difficult question. You should feel free to pass uh, if, if, that's, if that's uncomfortable. Uh, would you ever consider performing pre-employment or randomized COVID tests uh, to finance symptomatic cases in your company? I don't think we would, no. <laughs> I think it's, the, the uh, testing equipment available for that isn't foolproof yet. There's, there's you know, definitely in this part of the world, some of the testing equipment is maybe giving the wrong readings 30% of the time. So until that's sort of developed out further, it's not really a runner for us, you know? Yeah, I think for us it'd be very, um, I don't think it'd be technically possible. I, don't, I just don't think there's a way to do it right now. So it's kind of irrelevant for us. We're just trying to address that by other issues. You know, everybody that comes on a job site for us, we, uh, we have a questionnaire they fill out. And I guess they could lie. Uh, but yeah. uh, we, try to, we try to ask everybody the same type of questions uh, to try and understand, you know, what their health is, what the health of their family and the people they've been around. And uh, we're hoping that they are honest about it. And if they are, I think that's a good way to try and, um, I guess, um, 
you know, prevent an outbreak. Uh, I mean, like I said, we have 4,500 people and we haven't had a single case yet. We had two cases actually, but they were definitely originated from outside the workplace. Okay. So I think that the workforce is understands the seriousness of it. Um, I think that people who, you know, we're, we're trying to work with people who are uncomfortable coming to work the best we can. And I think if people feel like we're trying to do what we can for them, if they're uncomfortable, um, I think they'll tell the truth and they'll, you know, they'll be forthcoming in their situation, which uh, until testing becomes, you know, uh, widely available and, and yeah. simplistic, I don't know any other way to do it. Yeah, I mean, I think the the, the greater question is the question the question of uh, of responsibility of uh, of having employees that that catch it on on the workplace. I think there is a, a federal task force that's working on it right now uh, for basically administrating the the mass testing. And the idea is to create an environment where, as long as uh, an employer is compliant with mass testing policies uh, and and securization and safety. Uh, on their job sites, they cannot be liable for uh, the the consequence because once again, it's going to happen uh, many times over, uh, and and there needs to be an environment that favors mass testing, but at the same time, just manages li liability uh, of of one's employer. It's a, it's a hard problem. I think it needs to run through the state's courts uh, before it is approved like that. It's a very interesting problem. Um, I think if it was available, we would do it. It's just not really available. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, the the I think the the healthcare industry hasn't caught up yet on the on the production of the of those tests, uh, and there is a long lead time in in producing the the volumes. I think we're going to require uh, to mass test the population everywhere. Um, so we talked about technical unemployment in, in in Europe with the state taking a lot of the the payroll uh, themselves. Uh, what else are you seeing that is helpful to businesses? Yeah, some some businesses. I suppose the key point is that businesses need to take appropriate action to try and make sure that they have enough cash to get through the period. Um, well, you know, God knows how long the period will last, but say 12 to 18 months for, for toxic. But outside of that, yeah, the governments have, have separate schemes where they might offer loans um, at you know, zero interest or things like that. Um, there's also been a, a pretty big um, investment in, in sort of grant funding for not just, it's not really related to, I suppose, uh, keeping companies afloat. It's more about developing this um, digital, um, you know, transformation aspect of, to a business. Yeah. So there's, there's different supports available, but um, yeah, I, th I think there will be companies inevitably that won't make it through the period because they haven't taken the early action to, to, see, to keep themselves safe. Yeah. Okay. David, uh, are you seeing a, a similar story at, a, at Port Avi? Yeah, same thing. Um, you know, we unfortunately we haven't had to lay anybody off. Um, you know, but we do have a, a few people furloughed. Um, I don't know if any of those. I don't think any of those have taken any unemployment um, at this time. Um, mm -hmm. But you know, there are the the loans, the forgivable loans. I guess they're mostly being offered to small businesses. Um, you know, you have to follow a certain regimen to be able to have those loans forgiven, or you have to pay them back. But uh, but yeah, there are. They're doing what they can. I guess the government's doing what it what it can to you know keep uh, businesses in business uh, through this. Yeah, I mean we we've seen the same thing in our in our space. I mean as as a as a VC funded startup, like we we've decided not to apply for PVP loans. We luckily haven't had to uh, to let go of anyone. 
I, I think the tissue of the economy that needs to be protected the most is the really small businesses like the restaurants, the, 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 yeah. the, the small uh, entrepreneurs that, that don't have the, the bankroll to survive for months with, in, a, in a degraded environment. Um, that makes sense. Um, let me see if we have uh, more questions. We have plenty more questions. Um, we've talked about, about teams and accelerating the cloud. So this one is a good question. Um, will post-COVID-19 observe a shift or change in the requested skill set for the construction industry? What are those skills that you're starting to see uh, surface up uh, to more prominent since COVID-19 started? So I think that's a question more about market focuses and, and the type of markets that will do well in the recovery. Uh, I think uh, we see from uh, actually from both Davids that, that being able to build the systems that will uh, that will help companies operate safely uh, post-recovery. It's going to be, uh, I mean, I, I have to guess that our electricians, just uh, mechanical uh, technicians that can build those those uh, filtering AC, uh, AC systems, that kind of things. Um, where where do you see the most pull from a from a labor uh, uh, technical labor perspective? I guess. I, I think it's really it's just going to be it's going to be uh, in my opinion market driven in the sense that. Are people? It, is this going to cause people to change the way they build buildings? Yeah. Um, is it going to? If, if there is going to be a, a change in that direction, then we may have to learn maybe new technology or new ways to do things. Um, but that still remains to be seen. Is is this COVID outbreak going to be a cause to change the way we do things? Um, and we don't know yet, honestly, because that probably won't happen till buildings that are just being thought of right now. Yeah, yeah. Good, yeah. any any last, last words, anyone, on, on, on the various subjects we've covered today? Um, I suppose from my perspective, it's kind of just to echo that, 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 what, what we're kind of talking about here is that I think for, for subcontractors, I suppose, um, uh, over the, I've been in Ireland for seven years now, and particularly over the last two, three years, there's been a real, um, people are becoming more open-minded towards using technology now. And I think the, the construction industry in general now is a, is a real opportunity to, to finally advance that to the, to the level it, it can get to, I suppose. And there's some great technology out there um, that you can get straight off the shelf um, that can help with that now. So I think I think now in the next six to 18 months is a real opportunity for companies to invest in that and start getting people from different uh, skill sets, different backgrounds to to help you on that journey because um, you know you need that outside perspective and you can't do it alone, I suppose. So um, yeah, th th those are those are the things I would sort of encourage people to take away from it. Yeah, I, I would agree with that statement uh, where it's a it's a unique reason uh, to experiment and improve right now because we just don't have the choice. Uh, I mean, we're seeing it uh, for us as a startup. I think most contractors are experiencing. Uh, severe reasons to to change. The other thing is, in a degraded environment, only the best contractors uh, just make uh, make money. Uh, in a bull market, I think everybody makes money. But I think we're going to be in a market where the, the the best in class will 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 do well. Uh, David, any any thoughts on the industrial sector uh, uh, before we uh, we wrap uh, today up? Well, I do think that the workforce has to be more technically skilled because of the different technologies everybody's adopting uh, 
um, what I've ever thought 20 years ago that people would have a handheld device that could report what they're doing sitting right next to them. No, I could have never predicted that ever. And yeah. and yet you have people who are, you know, you know, I'd say skilled workers, but certainly not office personnel who are working with a, a tablet, you know, guys doing insulating as a, as a tablet right next to him where he's inputting information yeah. about what he's doing productivity wise. And if he's completed a task, maybe taking a picture of the task when it's complete, you know, for free field wire type programs. And, uh, yeah. I think that the, the the people who resist technology are going to get left behind pretty quickly, and that includes businesses and people. So you have to adapt to these. You have to you have to understand and adapt to these technologies, and and if you, if you want to survive, and I think that goes with everything. I mean, things move forward. If you're not moving forward, you're going to get left behind. Yeah, no, that's fair. I, I, I do was... think. I do think. I'm sorry. I do think that the for our industry, the real problem is going to be. We're not going to have room for new people coming in in this downturn for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's a problem because we rely on people coming into our industry to fill in for the folks who are leaving the industry. And yep. right now, I think there's going to be a real lack of our ability to kind of hire those type people coming into the industry, start learning our industry. That's going to hurt us down the road. Um, so I think that's a problem. And I think there's going to be a real tough situation with young people graduating either high school or college and looking for a job, it, it's going to be tough. If, if they thought it was tough five years ago, it's going to be real tough now. I started uh, working off of the, the 2008 recession. So, you know, like that, uh, that hits home. Um, good. On, 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 those, uh, on that great feedback, I think we, uh, we're going to wrap it up for today. So, uh, first of all, I want to thank all of you uh, for, uh, for providing your point of view on the situation and your knowledge on the situation. Uh, that was uh, enlightening for me. Hopefully, it was for the audience as well. I want to thank uh, everybody who dialed in today live uh, to the town hall. Uh, if you want to access uh, the recording of today's town hall, we're going to post it on LinkedIn. Uh, to find my LinkedIn easily, just slash CEO will redirect you to the LinkedIn. That's usually where we post most of our content. Uh, feel free to add me as well. Uh, that's We're always interested in hearing uh, what's happening around the world uh, and connect people together when we can. And once again, thanks for the team at Fieldwire who put this together. That's a lot of work uh, to, to gather people and, and record this. So thanks, everyone, and thanks again to our panelists today.